0: Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth Weekly Podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit Antiochfortworth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Hey, everybody. Good morning. He is risen. Indeed. Amen. We're joining with our brothers and sisters. I just love imagining that. Just all over the world, you know, starting in the, you know, the far, far islands and then working its way to Australia and the Far East and China and you guys know your geography, but I'm just working my way around. And I mean, believers, millions upon millions of believers around the world saying that, you know, in their languages, he is risen, he's risen indeed, as the church has said these last 2,000 years. And, and uh, you know, there's nothing like just seeing a bunch of people committing their lives to the Lord Jesus in baptism. I mean, it really is enacting the story that we've been, uh, you know, talking so much about during these last few weeks, uh, and I do want to say uh, that if you're here with us today, you're not here by accident. Um, just, you're not here by accident. The Lord has a way of putting us in places and situations that allow us to meet him. It's just, you can look back on your story and you go, how did that happen, and how did that work out, and yet, you know, here we are, and I feel that way just, even this morning I was leaning over to Kim, and I just said, we get to do this. You know, we get to do this. We get to worship the Lord like this. It's incredible. And I I just want to say to you, as I'm saying that, it's, it's not an accident. I don't know what all the reasons are that maybe you came with a friend, maybe you came with a family member, but the Lord knows. And we've come through a season where there's been so many discouraging things that have happened, oppressive things. And just like Jesus is raised from the dead, you know what he does with us? He raises up dashed hopes he, he resurrects dreams he resurrects our hopes and life and thinking and what we dream about for the future because he's so good to bring us out of darkness and into light out of bondage and into freedom out of death and into life that's just that's what he does and so my burden this morning is that you would encounter jesus I'm going to just say it up front, that you would encounter the crucified, resurrected, and ascended Lord, Jesus, the living Christ. And so I want to just pause here for just a moment, and let's just, let's just pray for a second. You, you pray in your own words, but just, just say something to Jesus like this. Jesus, let me see you this morning. Jesus, let me encounter you today. Thank you, Lord. And you know, he's just, he's so good to do that. And it comes in unexpected and beautiful and wonderful ways. Well, on this Easter Sunday, we are actually continuing in a series that we've been in for the last couple of months, and uh, the series is called The Story We Find Ourselves In. And we went to great pains to make sure that the resurrection ended up on this day. <laughs> had to do some, you guys, some of you guys were like, why'd you cover 1,400 years on that one sermon? It kind of had to do with today. <laughs> That's, that's it, actually. So the story that we find ourselves in, and here's the series in one sentence. I don't know if I, yeah, we got the notes. It's about learning to read the Bible through the lens of Jesus and how we as individuals and as a people fit into the story of God. And I don't know about you, but man, it's just expanding the way I'm reading the Bible, I think we were going through the crucifixion scriptures in just a fresh way on Friday night because we've been immersed in the story. And today, we're looking at the resurrection, the ascension, and Pentecost, all right? So if you'll flash the story up there, I'll kind of do a little bit of a review here. Back at the beginning of this thing, we saw that We're actually going to be in a passage where we started the whole series, Luke 24, where the disciples learned that they needed to look through at the scriptures through the lens of the resurrected Christ. We all do. We need to look through the lens of Jesus, and it's there that we see the triune God of love who creates the world out of a fullness of love to bring us into that participation and into that family. He creates the world, but then we stumble and fall, we've all done it. We've all gone our own way, and we've chosen to be at the center of the throne of our lives instead of letting Jesus be there. And that's, that's So all of the darkness and brokenness and sin in the world comes from man going his own way, and certainly we have an enemy who's helping to uh, point us in a way that's away from God. But God, in his mercy, comes to Abram, um, he scatters the people who are trying to pull together and build a, tab- a, 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 t- a tower uh, at Babel. And then the very next thing he does is comes to Abraham, Abram at the time, and he makes a promise. Through you and through your family, I'm going to bless all the nations of the world, all nations will be blessed through you and your family. And he comes and he makes a promise to Israel. He sets them off as his very own people. And they, the law is like this, this boundary marker around them that makes them a peculiar people, set apart for God. And so, but the problem is, then they end up being like everybody else, do, doing all the sins and idolatry and stuff. And the prophets come and they warn them, stop doing that stuff, stop doing that stuff. Or you're gonna be sent into exile. But they keep doing that stuff, and they keep doing that stuff, right? And so ultimately, the ultimate Israelite comes. God, in the flesh, is born of the Virgin Mary, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And he's born, and so he's in the world and working ministry and showing people how to live for God as humanity was intended, And so we're watching him. We talked about this last week, the king, the cross, and discipleship. We follow him in his life, but then he also calls us to follow him in the way of the cross as well. Right after Peter confesses Jesus Christ is the Messiah, you are the Messiah, then Jesus immediately tells him, and I'm going to the cross, and I'm gonna suffer at the hands of men and be killed, but on the third day be raised again. Peter immediately rebukes Jesus. Not a good thing to do, just throwing that out there, but he does. And in Matthew's version of it, it says, Peter said, never. Lord, this will never happen to you. And Jesus tells Peter, get behind me. Satan, you are a stumbling block to me. You don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. And so that gets us up to This very morning, he's crucified on the cross. He goes and does what only he can do because nobody else can die for the sins of the world other than the perfect sacrifice. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. He goes to the cross, all seems lost. The disciples pull back and there he is alone and he dies on the cross, but it's not the end of the story, praise God. It's the climax of the story. So let's pause here and look at the main thing I'm trying to say today. The main thing is that Jesus wants us to encounter him. We wanna encounter Jesus today as the crucified, resurrected, and ascended Lord who gives his spirit so that we can share his life together. Okay, this is is the good news. And the key is that we encounter Jesus, the resurrected Lord. That's my burden for today is that everybody would have an encounter with Jesus, and maybe it's already happened in the worship. You know, it has for me. And maybe it'll still happen in the preaching and hearing the good news declared over our lives. Jesus is the Christ. Everyone needs to see him as the resurrected Lord, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Everything changes when you see Jesus. Everything changes when you encounter him. So, you, Some of you guys know my own story, but I was at death's door, drug addicted, gonna kill myself, and suddenly before my closed eyes, I had a revelation of Jesus in a white robe with a gold sash, smiling and doing this at me, and I said, Jesus, if that's you, you've gotta save me. And I met Jesus Christ that night. 22 years old, just at the tail end of college, I met the Lord, and my life has been forever changed, a couple weeks ago, I was down in Waco at a Jesus hour. They do these things every morning, seven to eight. A few musicians up there singing. There's some people praying, um, you know, and it's just, it's just a flow. Just the music's going, they sing some songs. But there was four people in the room. That was it. Four, four people in the, in the audience. And I was one of the four. They didn't know who I was. And it was like a directed Jesus encounter moment for Jamie Miller, the whole thing. I just couldn't believe it. I'm in tears. They go, let's go back to the beginning. And I went back to the beginning in my mind and I, I had a fresh, It was a di- I saw that vision, but then I had a fresh picture of Jesus and he was doing this. He had a tunic on and he was doing this and he was like, walk with me. And it was just a fresh invitation. It was an encounter with the Lord that has been, I, I'm changed again. I can't, can't move that fast. <laughs> Tweak my back on Thursday. Man, I thank you for your prayers. I just massively feel better. I was shuffling up here on Friday night. <laughs> but I was able to praise the Lord this morning. It's awesome. Thank you, Lord. So what I, all I'm saying there is I want you to be able to have an encounter. Just what, what's it going to look like for Micah or Rachel? What's going to look like for Conan, James, on around Sam, on around the room? So let's look at this together here. Jesus wants us to encounter him as the resurrected Lord. So let's go back to Luke 24, where we started this whole series. And we'll read the first few verses about the resurrection. On the first day of the week, in fact, let's just stand for this first, first reading. We don't have to, I'm gonna read a lot of scripture this morning, so we don't have to, you, you, you're gonna get to sit. But let's stand for this first one. He is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee. The son of man must be delivered to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, and bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying there by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. This is the word of God, and we say, thanks be to God. Y'all have a seat. So just, we're gonna keep reading, but this is one of those sermons where it's like, you're just reading the story. The story kind of just preaches itself, you know? uh, But I did want to make a point about the women who were the first to see Jesus. You know, in Matthew's version and in John's version, not only do angels appear to them, but Jesus himself appears to them, and he is the one who sends them to the apostles. So they are rightly called the apostles to the apostles. Just wanted to point that out. All y'all women in this room, thank you, Jesus, for for sent ones who will share the good news about the resurrection of Jesus with others. Let it happen, Lord. I'll continue reading. So now you've got the road to Emmaus. Now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were, walking, they were talking with each other about everything that had happened, and as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, what, what are you discussing as you walk along? And they stood still, their faces downcast. And one of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only visitor visiting Jerusalem who does not know these things that have happened in these days? What things, he asked, About Jesus of Nazareth. They replied, He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. And they came and told us they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are and slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. (laughs) Wouldn't you love to hear that sermon, right? And as they approached the village, that's kind of what we've been trying to do. We've been trying to unpack some of that over these last few weeks. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening. The day's almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. They asked each other, were not our hearts? And he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And they got up and they returned at once to Jerusalem and they found the 11 and those with them assembled and saying, it's true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the two told what had happened to them on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Ah, I just love it. So, so. The story goes on there, and he ends up appearing to the rest of them, and he explains the scriptures again to them, and he says, "This is what's going to happen. Forgiveness is going to be proclaimed starting right here, but it's going to be then spread to all the nations." You know, I, I I love that. So some of the results right here. Let's just capture some of these. The the results of the encounter with the resurrected Lord: burning hearts. So one of the things that happens when you see the Lord, when you actually encounter Him, is that your heart gets on fire. You're not uh, you're not lukewarm, milk toast, take it or leave it, Jesus follower. It, it, it's act, actually your heart's like, I want to worship Him. I, I wanna know about him. I wanna be with brothers and sisters that are trying to be about what he's about. So it's, it's like a passion for Jesus, but also for what Jesus is doing in the earth. You can go read the banners on the, on the light poles outside. That's why we say that. A passion for Jesus and his purposes in the earth. So burning hearts, it's a result, a new direction. So these guys are head down, walking one way. They encounter the risen Lord and they're like, going back to share the good news, right? So it's a new direction. It's repentance is the big biblical word, repentance. So repentance, when you meet the Lord like that, it's not just like you're riding on a train and you're gonna try, start going this way, maybe I'm gonna walk to another car on the train. You're still going that way. I'm talking about a new direction where you get off the train and you go in a new direction. That's what we're talking about here. That's what happened with these guys. A new direction, and running to see scripture, that's what the apostles were doing. That's what the gospels are about. that's what the letters are about. They have run back to the Hebrew scriptures, to the old covenant to understand the prophecies and the, the telling of the coming of the Messiah. They're, how does this story fit? How does this all work? And so they're running to scripture. And that's kind of what we've been trying to do these last few weeks. And then immediately, Jesus to the disciples there at the end of Luke 24 says, we're going to the nations. We're going to the nations. We're gonna preach repentance, forgiveness, and, and, and hope in God preached in the name of Jesus beginning at Jerusalem and spreading out from there. So that makes sense? Pretty practical, right? The narrative is informing us in how we should live. So that's the first thing then is Jesus wants us to encounter him as the resurrected Lord. It changes everything. He wants us to encounter him then as the ascended Lord. So that next paragraph there at the end of Luke 24 says, when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. And they, then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and they stayed continually at the temple so jesus is not only the resurrected lord but he is the ascended lord and to say that he is ascended means to it's for us to say that he is over all that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him that he is seated at the right hand of majesty God in the flesh is now glorified with a resurrected, glorified body who will live forever. And he's at the right hand of God. And so it's really just a a powerful scene. When you think about, in the first century church, one of the most, uh, I was reading this uh, scholar, his name's Larry Hurtado. He was at St. Andrews or somewhere, but he died a couple of years ago. And he was a first century scholar and historian. And one of the things he said out of all of his study that blew him away was that the disciples immediately started worshiping Jesus as God. These Jewish Jewish believers, one God, you know, and they're suddenly worshiping the son alongside and giving equal glory to God. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. So, so much so that Jesus is recognized in, as Lord and God when the scriptures are written just 30 years later. He's already being you know, identified in that way. It's just, that, that's amazing. That's the ascended Lord. And it takes on even more meaning as we think back through the story that we've just been reading over these last few uh, weeks. And I'll just uh, touch on a couple, but in 1 Samuel Chapter seven, verse 13, there's this incredible promise that comes to David that he's gonna have a son who's gonna rule on a throne that will last forever, right? So 1 Samuel seven, verse 13, he will establish, he is the one I, who will build my house, build a house for my name, and I will establish his, the, the throne of his kingdom forever. And then 250 years later, Isaiah picks up that theme again, and prophesies. We read this one a lot at Christmas time about the incarnation. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. But the next verse, verse 7 of chapter 9, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal, of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And so Jesus steps into as this prophesied Messiah who is King and Lord, and declared with power, I might say, through the resurrection of the dead, from the dead, to be the true King and Lord of the world. Come on. And in Daniel, just one of the last guys to write before the Testament is closed for those 400 years, Daniel has a vision. In Babylon, and it's of the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient days and was led into his presence. This is Daniel 7, verse 14. And he was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshiped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. This is the Lord ascended, Lord, and it's good for us that He ascends so that He can pour out who He is in the power of His Spirit, and to that we turn now. So He's the resurrected and ascended Lord. He is. Uh, we want to encounter Him at Pentecost and the giving of the Spirit. We're covering some ground today, aren't we? Is it fun? Just so at Pentecost, so. Flip over in your Bibles to Acts 2. Just if you got it, paper's rattling right now. I can hear it. I hear fingers sliding on phones too. (laughs) Flicking up, flicking up. Acts 2. Okay, a couple things before I, I, I read some of this sermon because again, the sermon from Peter is gonna pull in all of these cool pieces that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. But Pentecost, again, remember the story of Israel. And that's gonna help us understand what's going on at at Pentecost. So Israel's delivered from Egypt out of bondage, right? And then 50 days later, and that's what Pentecost means, 50 days after Passover. So it's 50 days after the Passover, they're delivered out of Egypt, and they end up at Mount Sinai where God gives them the law, he he gives them his words he gives them his words and so now 50 days well and also he's sitting on top of that mountain as a pillar of fire and so Jesus is the passover lamb and 50 days later after he's ascended on the 40th day 10 more days so it's 50 days from the passover is pentecost and now tongues of fire come to rest on each one of these individual believers. The wind blows and the spirit is poured out so that the law is then written on the hearts of believers. I mean, it's just like, that is incredible. And what Babel had confused and causing the languages to be confused and people spread out, suddenly now people are proclaiming in the, the, the good news of God in, in different tongues and it's drawing people together. So now we can read a little bit. I just had to get some of that out. I just, wow. Whew. Um, Acts 2, verse 14, Peter stands up. People said, you've had too much wine to drink. Peter stands up. No. He raised his voice. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people aren't drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So hundreds of years earlier, Joel makes a prophecy in in chapter two of Joel about everything being changed on the day of the Lord. And here's what happens. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men, can I get away from anybody that's (laughs) over 40 Just bum some guys out in the room, like, oh, man. (laughs) Since when's 40 old? Hey, let me tell you, 70's not old. (laughs) Caleb, Caleb, come on. That's right. So your old men will dream dreams. Even Even on my servant, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days. That's good news, isn't it? My servants, men and women. And they will prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood and before the great and glorious day of the Lord, the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Now, just scoot over one page. I just wanna take a a pause here as Peter preaches the second sermon. the, the, The guy at the gate, beautiful, crippled all his life and he heals him in the name of Jesus. Silver and gold have I none. And he's up and what's he doing? He's singing and dancing and praising God. I think it's a kid's song. And so he's doing all that and a crowd gathers around. And he begins to preach to them and he tells them the story that we've been telling. Over in chapter three, verse 13, the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, though Pilate had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead And we are witnesses of this. It's just, it's amazing. to Like it happened 50 days ago. There's thousands of people there. Nobody's shouting him down. Nobody's shouting him down at Acts 2. No, 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 no. We've got the body. 50 days have only passed since Jesus Christ was crucified on that cross and now raised from the dead. This is the central apologetic for Christianity, is that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. And the effect of his life spreading around the world all these years. All the things, that just you pick it. Pick a sphere of influence and see where Jesus Christ has moved to change the world. To bring the kingdom. To make things right. Let's keep going with the sermon in Acts 2. So David said this about him. This is a quote from Psalm 16. He's predicting the resurrection. I saw the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices and my body will also rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You've made known to me the paths of life and you fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. It's right over there. But he was a prophet, and he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on the throne. And seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Again, We're witnesses, he said it in three, he's saying it here again in two. We're witnesses, exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all, okay, right there too, that's um, a little distracted by this paper. Um, Psalm 110 is the most quoted psalm in the New Testament. That, That right there bit about the ascension of Jesus Christ to the lordship and to the throne. The Lord said to my Lord, his descendant, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet, therefore, Let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. There's the announcement. The kingdom is here. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted the message were baptized and about 3,000 were added that day which is just amazing when you think about it. So he's preaching this message about somebody who died 50 days ago, was raised again on the third day, and is now proclaiming that he is the true king and Lord over all the world. He is the Messiah. It's not the way we thought, but he is the king. He is the Messiah. He's Israel's God in the flesh, and he has died for the sins of the world and been raised by the power of God walking around, appearing to them, and now exalted to the right hand of God, where he will again one day come to judge the living and the dead. That is the truth. Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. One of the guys I look up to a lot, or from the past, his name is Watchman Nee, planted about 500 churches in China and ended up really changing China, you know, as the house, as things went underground and all of that. He spent the last 20 years of his life in prison. He couldn't, he couldn't write things. Everything was censored. And, but he kept up somebody said they got his pillowcase after he died, and he had written the characters for, and this is it, Jesus Christ died to save the sins of the world. This is the greatest truth known to man. Amen. Just written over and over again so many times that it could be read, with just his finger tracing those characters. So it's, it's powerful. The church is born, all those people being baptized. I mean, I guess it took a while too, right? I mean, it took us, you know, a little bit to get seven or eight. What, I, you know, it's just 3,000. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Jesus. Yeah, come on, just jump. I'm going as fast as I can. 3,000 people. Wow. So what does this mean? A, 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 new, a new community, a new people is started there as they're baptized. So what does this mean? I just wanna break this down. We're, we're basically done here. And this is what I, I, if we're encountering Jesus, some of this is gonna be happening to somebody that's listening to me preach. Somebody, somewhere is gonna be being changed. What happens when we encounter the resurrected and ascended Lord? Our hearts burn. You know, I, I, I'm not passive up here about this good news. You know, it matters. My heart's burning with a desire for you to know Jesus, a passion for Jesus and his purpose, a new direction. Again, they're going one way, but then they're running to tell others. There's a repentance there. They got off the old train and they're running the other way. There's power from on high. Stay until you receive power from on high. We had a word a couple weeks ago about this, this last season being kind of an upper room season where, where only the people that really wanted to be here were here, but you know what happens on the other side of the upper room? And, and the Lord moves. I don't know what it's gonna look like totally, but expect power from on high. You know, healings and... God moving in people's lives, wonderful stories of salvation and worship being stirred in our hearts. They worshiped Jesus. They saw him lifted up high and exalted and they worshiped him. Worship gets stirred in our hearts when we see and have an encounter with the resurrected and ascended Lord, right? Worship gets stirred in our hearts. Repentance, baptism and forgiveness, that's the Acts 2 encounter. You know, what do we do? This is true. What do we do? Be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of sins. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That may, be, and, and I'll just, I want to go ahead and say, I was at, uh, I was at awaken in Florida, and uh, there's about a hundred plus college students gathered around a pool. They met some guy out witnessing there in Panama City Beach, and this guy shares a testimony. Had his his family came in from, he, they were there partying and stuff, but his family comes in from other parts of Florida. And they're there, and it's incredible, man. People cheering and everything. And then somebody stands up at the end of that, and they go, hey, there's there's water here. Does anybody else need to be baptized? And Vittorio, you know, the guy, one of our college freshmen, kind of steps forward and goes, I'm ready to be baptized. And he steps down into the water in his jeans and T-shirt, you know, and gives a testimony. It's just awesome. And I'm just saying, hey, if anybody needs to be baptized, Still City Pops will wait and and we'll do baptisms. Okay? There's water, right? What hinders us or you from being baptized? Right? So repentance, baptism, forgiveness, and then what does it mean? It means a new community is formed of the people of God that share a purpose together, the purpose of God, the mission of God for the glory of God. And that's it. So Wherever you're at, go ahead and stand up. Worship team, come on up. Wherever you're at, what does the encounter with Jesus mean for you this morning? What is it? Is it one of those things? I'm just leaving that up there on the screen for a minute, it, just because we, we do this at the end of every service where we pray for each other. Ministry team, come on up, if you would. And um, we're going to pray for people and just pray for life change, the power of God, to come. Maybe it's, I want to be a follower of Jesus. Maybe it's, I want to be baptized. We'll do it. We'll figure it out. And, um, you know, but maybe it's, I want to be a part of this community. That's that's another response is, I, I want to be connected. You know, we ultimately can't do the Christian life on our own. Somebody say amen. I mean, I, I can't. I'm, I'm a mess. And I can think Really weird stuff, really quick as I fade from community. I need my brothers and sisters. I need friends around me that are also trying to follow Jesus. So we, we are a part of this community called Antioch here. And we're a part of the larger church in Fort Worth. But we are called then to be a people that are sharing this good news in our city, but also to this region and the nation and the nations of the earth. Maybe it's a, just a step up call to worship. Whatever it is, let's respond to the Lord here right now in this moment, and uh, I'll just speak a blessing over us before we dismiss in a minute. But man, let's don't miss what it is God wants to do right here and right now. Father, would you have your way in us? Lord Jesus, would you reveal yourself? Answer those prayers that were prayed and just have been being prayed. I know, Lord, in prayer meetings all week long, we've been praying. Lord, reveal yourself to people. The Savior, the Lord the crucified, resurrected, ascended, and returning Lord. That's who you are. Jesus, you're so good. Thank you that in your body, uh, we are now little temples of fire. Thank you, Lord, for the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Lord, meet the needs of everybody here right now as we pray. Again, i just as you're coming, I, I know that I I don't know every need that's going on, but just please don't leave without getting somebody to pray for you. Just if you got something going on, get prayer.